What's up, humans? This is Katie Rose, straight up with a twist. Welcome to the show. Um, so let's talk about what's going on in the news. Now, this hits home for me um, more so because I am currently taking drugs to create a life. It is not necessarily life-saving, but I am trying to create a life, and I've had my own struggles with receiving and getting the medication um, to use uh, a cheaper version, a generic version um, over, you know, the better drugs that are available. Um, so we were fortunate enough that we had a benefit uh, for our infertility journey with Disney. Another another company that does that is Starbucks. And I was actually like, well, I guess I'm going to become a barista now so I can get that benefit. I'm still not off the table. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you're doing IVF, you keep saying this is the last time. This is the last time I'm doing this. It's very much like if you're in entertainment and you're a dancer or an actor or whatever, and they're like, okay, we're going to do it one more time. <laughs> it's never one more time, right? We're always going to do it again so that we can perfect it or accomplish what we need to accomplish. Um, and for me, that the drug shortage that's going on in America is, is, is devastating. There are 295 active drug shortages. 15 are cancer drugs, um, like for prostate cancer, um, even ADHD. Uh, people are waiting, waiting months, two months. Uh, someone reported that they were waiting for a drug. And at that point, um, you know, your cancer can get worse. Of course, money makes the world go round, right? And, and it comes down more so to greed. Now, most of these drugs are being made in China, India. Um, and if there is any kind of bad relationship there, then of course they can be like, yeah, it's not that important to us. Who cares about you Americans? Um, but there is a lack of investment for manufacturers because they're not that profitable for the drug makers. Um, it's, it's economically not profitable for the companies to make um, or to invest in the generic medications, uh, which is the ones that we can afford, which is what's sad about it. So unless you've got some great insurance plan, a lot of people, like I just did, are paying out of pocket for these generic uh, drugs. And it always makes me think back on charitable donations. And where is your charity money going to? You know, I know that we're always like, let's donate for cancer research, but I think there needs to be a separate pot because when I donate, I'm always hoping that somehow that money gets back to the person. So that when you hear stuff like this where there's a shortage, um, it, it's devastating because you're like, well, I'm giving, I'm donating, I'm giving you all of this money so that you can help the people. But they're like, yeah, but it's not a good investment for us okay, I don't care. I don't care if it's a good investment for you or not. We want to help. And, and there's such a, a, a lack of that and, 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 and care. Everybody is about money, right? We, you know, capitalism is everywhere. That's, that's the main goal, right? And, and people are only out for themselves. And I feel like there needs to be laws uh, against this. I mean, we've, uh, so many people have been pushing against big pharma for how long, right? Um, because what's right and what's wrong? You know, we, we don't seem to ever ask that question enough in so many industries, so many um, big corporations. What is right and what is wrong? What is the goal here? What do you want your legacy to be that you saved and, and helped millions of people or that you made the most money before you died. It's still like a monarchy in the world that we live in. Everybody just wants to 
you know, be on the highest throne and, and, and we're not thinking about, um, the livelihood and the lives of other people. Um, and in my case, uh, we ran out of, you know, benefit money and it's so funny to me because I love having conversations, uh, with my pharmacies, um, because a lot of them can be very down to earth. I mean, they deal with, you know, medications and, and talking on the phone and setting things up with doctors every single day. So they know the prices of all these things. And I just had the conversation. I go, okay, so let me get this straight. I'm like, so if you go through my insurance, I only had um, like $10,000 left of my benefit. The procedure, everything is 20000 right? So now we're paying out of pocket for whatever the remainder is. But he's like, right. Or you could pay out of pocket. And he's like, and then your meds will be $6,000. And I'm like, wait, but I thought you said that all the medication was 18000 for my medication. And I'm telling you guys, it's only 10 days worth of medication. 10 days worth of medication is $18,000. And if you pay out of pocket and they're like, oh, well, your insurance won't cover it, then it's not that they're giving me the generic version. They're giving me the exact same medication, but doing it through like an RX company, which I'm like, wait, what? So the whole thing is, oh, well, Disney can afford $18,000. So we don't mind taking the money from them. It's profitable for us. That means I, as the patient, don't get to benefit from all of the benefit because I now instead of being able to use only six thousand dollars and have the rest of the money go towards my surgeries and all of that stuff and the transfers and the freezing of the eggs and all of these things for infertility I don't get to use the full amount and it's it's sad and so I'm trying to find a workaround to see if I could get a reimbursement for the money because in the verbiage it's like you can use your benefit for anything that has to do with your infertility. And I'm like, well, this does. It's just that I'm doing a loop around, you know, to make sure that I am getting the best deal so I have enough money to cover all of the other procedures. It's sad that they are taking advantage, these pharmaceutical companies, of the people that do have the money as well. I mean, not that I need to feel bad for any of these huge corporations that have the money to spare, but it's still bad, you know. It's like when you when you put a name on a brand, right? What makes this shirt better than than this shirt? They're both made in the same country. Like it's basically the same material. Cotton is cotton, people, you know. And, and it could be structured exactly the same, you know. And and we're sitting here saying that this shirt is worth three hundred dollars, but this one is worth ten dollars. And I just I hate that about our world. I hate that about capitalism. I I really feel like it, it's extortion. Um, and I feel like extortion is in a lot of places and yet nobody is filing lawsuits for it anywhere. Like it's, it's a bad word. So I don't know why we're not, you know, focusing on that and, and trying to change the world for the better and, and make life easier. You know, it's just this constant cycle of everybody suffering in different aspects of their life and everyone's just trying to live a normal life. Everybody, and you know, this is why, you know, the leftists um, and, and, you know, the Democrats um, sound, you know, we sound like, oh yeah, we want socialism. It's not that. It's just, we want something normal. You know, we don't want to be completely controlled, but we do want it to be fair. Um, and, and, and if somebody wants to be super rich, that's great, but everybody should be able to afford a life where they can just have a steady, normal life and a roof over their head and be able to afford groceries. So that's, that's what I want for our world, but it, it's, it's a devastating that these drug companies are, are doing this and it's and it's affecting affecting so many people and your cocktail of the day is the mexican old-fashioned a lovely twist on the original old-fashioned this is going to be served in a lowball whiskey glass with one giant ice cube rim the glass with agave nectar and dip into chinese five spice 
add two ounces of Peloton Mezcal, one ounce of St. George coffee liqueur, and add a dash of orange bitters. Top with a dehydrated blood orange. Enjoy. You know what's annoying to me is when people reverse into parking spots. You know, they just drive forward, you think they're going past the parking spot, and then they stop and they reverse, which causes you to reverse, and then probably the car behind you to reverse, just so this asshole can reverse into a parking spot. I'm like, are you hiding your license plate from somebody? Like, and it's not like it's in your driveway. Like, I could understand reversing into your driveway to, like, open up your trunk and, like, unload groceries or something like that. Like, do you think you're cooler for doing it? Like, I remember back in the day, like, my dad would be like, oh, I'm going to reverse into it. And he'd, like, put his arm over the passenger seat just to look behind. But now we've got backup cameras and everything. And now when you leave the parking space, no one's going to be able to see your reverse lights. So you're actually putting yourself at a higher risk of getting hit by a car. Whatever. Whatever. One of my favorite words to use. Women really shouldn't do this. But I do it in the... I'm done with this conversation, which I've also said that before, too. Um, and this comes up because my husband and I went to go see Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, which is based off the, you know, world-renowned book, um, one of the bestsellers of all time. And it was a one-man show, and it was basically stand-up comedy. And he has a video of the doctor or the writer that explains all of the chemical, you know, things that happen in a woman and a man's brain and our hormones and things like that, along with his stand-up comedy. Um, and it was, it was very interesting and it was a great date night. And the guy knew that he's like, how many of you are on a date night right now? You know, it's like, this is our therapy instead of going to therapy kind of a thing. Um, and it's just like to better understand, you know, I will say women more so than men. I will say this is geared more for a man to read to understand why a woman does what she does um, or why she acts the way she does two days before she gets her period and et cetera. Um, but it's just, it was just funny. And, and I do, I say whatever a lot. And he's like, this is the most useless word <laughs> you could ever say. But sometimes it's like an end to a conversation because it's like it's going nowhere. And then I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> And my husband makes fun of me for saying it all the time. Um, but I thought that was interesting. There was a, a topic that he had discussed about a point system and, and the way that a woman's brain works with her point system. So let's just give an example that he gave in the show. So, you know, you're trying to just do something nice for your wife and right. It's always about like doing something nice for your wife. What, what can I do? You know, and he's talking about like, you know, planting the seeds and tending the garden. Like it's a continuous thing, right? Um, no one and done things. Um, while grand gestures are wonderful, women would prefer a bunch of small gestures. And I actually kind of feel like that goes both ways. Like every once in a while, the big gesture is great. But if you give a woman, you know, 24 roses um, and she's like, wow, I feel amazing. The guy in his head is thinking that's going to hold me over for a while. Where the girl is like, no, it's not. Like, that's one point in my bank of points, right? And the guy is like, what are you talking about? Like, the guy could have given her one single rose, and it would have been just as effective. Like, oh, he thought of me today. You know, it's not like the 24 roses is going to count for 24 points. It's only going to count 
for one point in her head. And while a woman, it let's just say traditionally, if a man is at work and a woman is at home doing things, um, of course, a lot of women also go to work today. Um, but let's just say in this scenario, a woman's at home. She's like, I did the laundry. I folded his underwear. I, you know, did the dishes. I, you know, organized this for him. I cleaned the car. I, you know, did all these things. She's tallying up all of the points for the entire day of what she did. And the guy is like, I went to work. I came home from work. I said, hello, wife, and kissed her on the cheek. So, He's got like three points for doing those things and she's got like 24 for the 24 things that she has done all day. So she will create stress by tallying up these points because she's like, look at everything I did. What did you do today? You know, kind of a thing. Um, so it's just an interesting uh, a viewpoint and it's like the guy feels like he could just never get enough points to please the woman. Um, and it, not to say that the guy needs to get there like, oh, well, now you have to do a bunch of little things. Um, but, you know, women tend to be more taskers. And I always say it doesn't occur. It doesn't occur to a man. And a man will always say, and my husband always, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. But it is funny, the differences, especially with the maternal thing. You know, women are always like, I know that my kid needs a pediatrician appointment, so I'm going to plan it. And the guy, it's never going to occur to him to do that. He'll take the kid if you ask him to do it. But then that's another task. So then the stress just builds up for the woman, right? It's a task to have to ask. It's a task to have to remind. It's a task to have to think for someone else. Just all the tropes. Like when a woman says, I have nothing to wear, she doesn't really mean she has nothing to wear while the guy's looking at her like you have an entire closet full of things and you buy stuff online all of the time or go shopping. What she really means is I don't feel pretty today or I feel fatter than normal. I feel bloated. Like that's not going to look as good on me as the first time I wore it and felt great about it. That's usually what goes through a girl's head. Like, I feel like my arms won't look good in this sleeveless thing right now because my arms aren't as defined as I'd like them to be. Or even like sometimes, you know, jeans feel like they shrink and you're like, oh my God, how do I not fit in these jeans right now? Or maybe you had bought some new clothes, but you already wore those clothes around the same group of friends and you don't want to repeat the same outfit. All of these thoughts go through a girl's head. And even just the chemical differences, like when a woman is stressed, she gets more dopamine rather than serotonin, where a guy gets more serotonin, which is like the massage calm ones. And that's why he can just like turn his head off and like watch TV and just focus on the one thing that he's doing while the woman is, you know, dealing with 800 things in her head at once. Um, but it was interesting. I would definitely recommend going to see the show if it comes through through your town. Um, you know, just fun, funny things that you don't think about. Like, it's going to change. Like, and anyone who says, like, your sex life doesn't change or the way that you act around each other, what you do, they are lying. I mean, like, when you're single, you're going to carry mints with you. When you're married, you don't care if your husband has bad breath or if you have – no one's thinking about those things. Like, oh, just in case I'm around this hot guy – my husband, I'm going to carry a thing of mints. Like that went out the window. I think I used to carry mints and even like, remember the spray, like for your mouth, like, you know, or the Listerine strips. I used to carry that stuff all the time. Forget about it. Not anymore. Nope. And that's not to say my hygiene went out the window because I brush my teeth and floss and I take very good care of my teeth and my breath, but I'm not planning on making out with my husband tonight. <laughs> that's not the goal in my brain. Like, will I get to make out with my husband you know, it's just, just not, I mean, does anyone really make out with their husband? That's why they have those TV shows where they make people do weird things like stare at each other for five minutes and then they make them hold a kiss for five minutes or make out for 
10 minutes or whatever that they do because making out man, making out is fun. I think as a woman, I would rather make out with guys than be like I had sex with them. There's just something more intimate about it and like you kind of lose that intimacy. So maybe what we all need to do is find some time to not look at our phones or be watching a movie or maybe just in the middle of the movie, whatever. And we need to look at our partner and be like, let's make out. And like try to remember like what that felt like, right? And, and that's kind of the preparation. That was another thing that they were talking about in the show is just, you know, a woman needs like that preparation. We need the preparation to have sex. You know, a guy is just like, touch my dick and he's ready to go. Like that's it. Like it doesn't take much for the guy. And a woman's like, I need you to tell me how beautiful I am. I need you to blow in my ear and caress my body. Just... You know, we need the 20-minute trailer before the movie starts. And my friend kind of admitted this the other day, um, and he was just saying, like, yeah, it's like once we do the thing, like, we put it on the shelf. Like, we did that. And and that's what people do with their relationships. They're like, I got her. I'm going to put her on the shelf. It's my trophy. I got this. I'm, I'm done working for it, you know? I mean, and in a man's defense, I'm not, you know, jumping at the opportunity to suck your dick either. And if you're vegan, you're definitely not eating the sausage, nor is he eating your pussy. <laughs> Sorry, vegans. I don't know how you do it, but you look great. And speaking of looking great, I got dressed up to go out to the show and we forgot to take a picture. And like, you know, it, that's OK. Like, you know, you, you live in the moment. You don't always take pictures of everything. But I was feeling good. I thought I looked good. And I get in the car. <laughs> I look at him and I'm like, oh, we forgot to get a picture. I'm like, I got all dressed up for who? And I look at him and I go, you, I guess. He just looks at me. And then I'm like, did I just say that? And I just like start dying laughing. I'm like, oh my God. Like talk about like speaking your mind or a Freudian slip. Like my goodness. But it was funny. Luckily, we don't try to take things too personally in our marriage. When we were driving home, we both had a laugh at this car in front of us. And he's like, oh, did you see the bumper sticker? And I was like, oh, yeah, this Mandalorian sticker. And he's like, no, look at the one at the bottom. And it was like, this vehicle makes frequent stops at, and it's like, it's tiny. It's It forces you to lean forward and read it. And it's like, this vehicle makes frequent stops at your mom's house. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. And it's just stuff like that that you're like, don't take life too seriously. We love our husbands. We love our cats. You know, we have I love Trump stickers, which <laughs> that that makes me me laugh as well. I think that's hilarious. Like, how do you how do you love someone you've never met who is openly misogynistic? You know, it it just that makes me that makes me angry um, and has no place in my marriage. Uh but there he is, still invading our lives, being manipulative to anyone who will listen. I mean, this thing where he's getting sued and, you know, just Trump telling people that they're not his type, speaking to women the way he does, you know, saying, oh, this girl is not my type in this photo with him and her in it. And then he's like, that's my wife. <laughs> Clearly, if you think this woman in the photo is your wife, then she is your type. Um but anyways, I just, that man, he's such a mean-spirited person, and I guess it's just tough for me, anyone that supports him. I'm like, I, I don't get why you're wasting your time. There are so many more people that can make better presidents, and, and this person is not 
going to change the world for you. It, I mean, he's showing that he is changing the world in a negative way and, and, and causing division. Um, and, and I'm not sure why, why you want that and why you simply follow and listen to everything he says. Like people are wasting their time fact checking this guy. Um, and you know, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I just, I just feel bad because people are revealing themselves in in the worst ways. And, and we all, we all know this. Um, there are, are better people suited for, for the job of president and, and it's an, an embarrassment. And, and I find if you support him, then you're embarrassing. Like I, I just laugh now, honestly, that you can waste so much of your energy and time on this one person and his weird views. And he, he knows he's manipulating you. So it's crazy to me, but anyways, we will continue to watch conservatives pick and choose when they want the government to step in and make laws when it suits their beliefs, you know, but we're supposed to separate our beliefs from our rights and conservatives continually fail to abide by this concept. And in the words of Charlie Brown, good grief. Have you listened to these pundits talk like, I have never wanted to punch somebody more than Tucker Carlson or Laura Ingram, just the nastiest people on television. And, and they do that narcissistic thing where they just keep poking the bear. And I just want to reach through the television and actually punch them in the face just to be like, stop, stop doing this. Stop spreading this hate, this misinformation, this evil. Oh my God. It's just, it's so nasty. Like I, it's a really negative cancer on our society and, and they profit from it. They profit and, and are highlighted for their work, for this disgusting display that they put out there. And, and this is their legacy, though. There's no amount of money that could make me speak that way to millions of viewers. And, and the thing is, it's contagious because I've seen even family members of mine that get hyped up and angry and so nasty. And I'm like, you are literally reflecting this cancer that is what you're doing. And I don't know why you'd want to walk around living your life feeling that way all of the time. It It's terrible. And, and it's kind of funny because I've actually heard Republicans complaining for feeling um, shunned. They've been avoided. They've been unfriended on social media for siding with Trump and with a lot of Republicans. And many of you don't get that. You've expressed, I don't understand why they would unfollow me or block me or unfriend me or stop talking to me at events and walk the other direction. Why? Why would they shun me this way? Why would they do this to me? And, and they think it's wrong for someone to do that to you just for your view. Yet everything you support does just that to us.